There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Greetings and welcome inside Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, our weekly podcast as we spotlight one season, one team, what made them relevant what made them incredible it could be a championship it could be getting so close to a championship it could be not winning a game but every week we spotlight one team in sports history and take a look back at what made them so special part of our march to the national championship in college basketball we're going to celebrate today the 2009-2010 Duke Blue Devils, team that won the fourth national championship in program history as they beat Butler in a thrilling championship game where the, hey, the Butler Bulldogs were a team that took everybody by surprise, their march to the national championship, and maybe as we get to it later on, one of Coach Mike Krzyzewski's biggest coaching mistakes that he got lucky didn't come back to bite him. Sometimes you you luck into it, and this is a Duke team, when you take outside looking in, the hateable Duke Blue Devils for as long as you and I have been watching college basketball, it has been the, all right, here's Duke again. There was nobody on this team that you said, all right, he's the hateable one. Because other than Coach K, and that's one of the themes of college basketball, is the you love or hate coaches. They're 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 like the forest. They stay, right? They're they're mm-hmm. evergreen and and the guys cycle through. But this team, not a lot of big names, not a lot of guys that you necessarily remember and and had that target on them like so many Duke teams had before. And th- and that's the big thing is that the big player on this team was John Shire. I mean, he was all American point guard, but it's not like John Shire was Zion Williamson or one of the other big stars Duke had. I mean, this is a team that wasn't a classically great Duke team. Look, it was John Shire was really good. He led the team in scoring. Kyle Singler played really well. He led the team in in, in uh, three-point shooting. Brian Zubek, Mason Plumley. You know, this team was 
Hey, they were good. They were talented. Nolan Smith as well. Right. I mean, eventual player they, they of the year. They were very solid. But, they yeah. were very solid. But at this point, it was, well, here's a pretty decent, pretty typical Mike Krzyzewski, Duke Blue Devils team. And were you expecting them to win the national championship? Look, they hadn't been to the final four in five years. And this is back when in 2009, 2010, you know, the early aughts, you were expecting Duke to go to the championship every couple of years. So it had been a five-year drought for them trying to get back to the final four. Yeah, I mean, you look at that period before, you, you didn't get past the round of uh, 16 in five straight years, which nowadays you're like, all right, does the guy get to keep his job? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Shevsky. Yeah. With his long track record, even at that point, you're not looking to fire him, but certainly you're raising eyebrows of what happened in the program. Is he losing it? Are the players coming in just not as good? What about scholarship reductions? You have all those ancillary conversations that then flow out of it. But for college basketball, it's kind of like the Patriots not making it past you know, their first playoff game following the 2019 regular season is, whew, we're done with them for a minute. There could be another champion. Mm -hmm. There could be another team to become a villain and become hated. And no, here they were. They were Duke again. Yeah, this was a team that was pretty deep. You had Shire, Singler, Nolan Smith each scored over 600 points during the season. Mm -hmm. All right, the last time Duke had done that, you got to go back almost a decade. And those are names like Jason Williams and Mike Dunleavy and Carlos Boozer, you know, guys who went on to play in the NBA for a long time. Like I said, this wasn't a classically great Duke team, but they started out. Hey, all right, maybe Duke is going to be pretty good. And then what happened was they began their eventual rise and their rise to excellence, and they turn into a Duke team that when they got to March, it's okay, I'm ready to hate Duke again. It's a phenomenon that that is just you know great in college basketball that Duke can start and and the best college basketball season can start and it's oh I want Duke to lose and then Duke loses and you kind of forget about them for a while then they get back up to number one you say I want Duke to lose again then they lose again then you get to the NCAA tournament and you go oh I really want Duke to lose but then Duke loses and you go oh wait the tournament, we just lost Duke. Duke was a lot of fun. That's it's a lot of the personality. The, hey, look what people like to hate watch stuff. Right. No, but it's it's the it's the same thing. Look, I think a perfect year for every college basketball fan would be for Duke to make it to the national championship game and lose. It's the same thing for Major League Baseball. Every year, the perfect season would be for the Yankees to get to the World Series and lose. We can hate them and they can keep the attention of everybody all the way. But then at the end, the majority of the country is not rooting for them. They're rooting against the quote evil empire and you want them to lose. And that's, that would be the perfect season for college basketball, baseball. Fair. You have that evil empire get all the way because you want them to lose. That's great. You have your night of partying. Hey, Duke loses. They lost to Belmont or whatever. And then it's, Oh man, but we just lost Duke. And now the tournament is less interesting. Well, it is the curiosity of college basketball as it relates to the sports calendar anymore. Anyway, where a lot of times it gets lost. For the 2019-2020 season, much of it has been, all right, here's a bunch of top 10 teams getting upset, but it became so routine that it was no longer a top headline. For you and I on the show each night at Fox Sports Radio, it's like, all right, that's now an update. This was Mike Krzyzewski's 30th year as head coach at Duke. And you think about where we are now, and you go, this, this was his 30th season. He started in 1980, 2009, 2010 was his 30th year, and it's the longevity that he has had. He never wanted to go someplace else. You know, the closest it came was a few years ago when Kobe Bryant called when Phil Jackson left the Lakers, and it was, hey, come coach uh, the Lakers, and 
Coach K talked to Kobe, got off the phone and went to his assistants and said, you'd never believe who just called me wants me to go coach him. Kobe Bryant. You know, but the fact that he always stayed, he never left. It was it was a, a something that we took for granted. Coach K and Duke, Coach K and Duke, where everywhere else people want to leave. No matter what they accomplish, they, oh, there's always someplace else. I got an itch to scratch. I want to go. And Coach K never did. Well, it's like Ed Orgeron and his ham sandwich. No matter how great the heights, you still want what you know. And for Coach K, he's never tried to leave. How, how interesting would he have been? Not only coaching Kobe Bryant, but Coach K and his personality in L.A. A guy who gets mad if you go anywhere near the baseline, if you're a fan after a game. You know, <laughs> oh, they rush the you court on us again. Ah, oh, these celebrities <laughs> coming up. Get out of here. I got basketball to coach. Every time the Lakers lose, the other fans would rush the court. <laughs> he would get so Just on chapped. principle, you'd have to, wouldn't you? He would get so chapped about it. Uh, so the 2009-2010 Duke Blue Devils getting set for what would end up being a phenomenal year. At the beginning of the year, Coach K said, listen, I have a good team. And, you know, he would know being 30 years and having won three national championships. Sure. He said, we have a good team. So that's where it stood for Duke as they began the campaign. And since they ended with a championship in 2010, how about for what happened? We look back at the magical year of 2010. 2010. In 2010, being discovered on YouTube. Was Justin Bieber. Oh, boy. I can't believe it's only been 10 years we've been talking about Justin Bieber. I'm a little frightened that it's it's already been 10 years. No, I I feel like Bieber is like early 2000s, like when everybody started listening to Eminem and all that. That's when Bieber came around. No, 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 2010 for Justin Bieber. Not quite that, uh, that long ago. Hurt Locker wins Best Director for Catherine Bigelow over James Cameron and Avatar, which was maybe one of the biggest upsets in the history of the Oscars. I'll I'll be honest with you. Um, I didn't like either film. <laughs> well, I, I, I like parts of Hurt Locker, but overall, just, I don't know. I want to be entertained. No, no. And Avatar, I just, well, I was speak, so done. Well, speaking of the, the unobtainium. Yeah. Unobtainium. Well, unobtainium was pretty cool. Uh, that's when I first thought, oh, you know, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Who was the star? Uh, uh, Sam, uh, what's his name? Sam Worthington. I saw he, yeah. he he could he could play Philip Rivers in the Philip Rivers story. I kind of thought that about it. Still an opportunity. But even you talk about Evil Empire, James Cameron, nobody liked the guy. Catherine Bigelow wins his ex, and honestly, Hurt Locker was just okay. The first seventy minutes was great, but then the last hour was everything you just saw. It's like okay, I have no other story to tell, so now I'm going to just do the same movie for the next hour. And they had the characters were such were so uh, cookie cutter. You had the one. A kind of crazy uh, army guy, and then the one guy who was scared, and the one guy who was in the middle. And I'm like, really? This is this wins best direct? I mean, come on, really? You just hate James Cameron? Just say it. There is something to be said for that. Texting while driving bans go into effect in some states in 2010. You could not text and drive. They're in effect in in theory, oftentimes. And making their debut, something that many people wish never debuted. The Vuvuzelas at the 2010 World Cup. Mm, mm, sound like cicadas. No, you sounded like Chewbacca right there. No, not quite. You a little bit of... Uh, well, that, well, yeah, I mean, you got to get the, the tongue roll there. No, the Vuvuzelas is more... I debated bringing some to my daughter's soccer tournament. I was told I really shouldn't. Oh, I, I think you would get thrown out. I'll tell that. you what, though. There, there was the ref, I would make that, sure the referees threw you There was one coach out. that I thought needed to be tossed out. He was warming up. 
like there's a game being played on a field and they're doing warmups. He brought two giant speakers and was blasting music while his team stretched. <laughs> I think he should have been punched in the neck. Well, well, what movie? What music was he blasting? Some kind of dance thing, and then it drifted into something like you would be in a, a yoga studio. <laughs> now, get down. Yeah. Up dog Down dog And now we say Don't forget to breathe Namaste That's horrible warm up music Oh it was It was awful That's horrible like warm up music Like it went from like a, a Pulsating Disco <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> To this <laughs> Like this was his mix Bad girl Talking about But just the point girl. of You got a game Where they're trying to Communicate with their teams Yeah And they can't Cause this Guy, you, this dope. God, you say this. This, this dope, dope so you has his music playing. I just walked by and I just shook my head. One of the dads goes, "I know, I know." <laughs> like it's one, one of his kids is on the team, and he understood exactly why he got the head shake as I walked by. So that's what was going on in 2010, the magical year for the Duke Blue Devils as they win their fourth national championship. Coming up, we get into the regular season, and we get into the big heroes of the NCAA tournament and the big coaching mistake that Coach K made in the championship game that he got lucky didn't come back to bite him and cost him the championship. But special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We continue on special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon as we look back at the championship year in college basketball for the Duke Blue Devils in 2009-2010. 
The regular season began for Duke, and it was a typical Duke year. They ended up with a 35-5 and record, and it was... Just like you see Duke play, they'd win seven or eight in a row, they would lose. They'd win seven or eight in a row, they would lose. They'd win seven or eight in a row, they would lose. Their losses in 2009-2010 at Wisconsin during the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They lost at number 20 Georgia Tech. They lost at North Carolina State. They lost at number seven Georgetown. And they lost at number uh, number 22 Maryland. Those were their losses. They did not lose at home. All their losses were away from Cameron Indoor. And suddenly at the end of the year, you look up and 35 and 5, and this was Duke. You know, they didn't have a lot of close calls during the season. It was typical. Duke looks like they're better than everybody else. Uh, beginning of the year, they win their couple of early games. They don't go out of state too much with Coastal Carolina, North Carolina, Charlotte. They beat Arizona State by double digits. They beat number 13, UConn, by near double digits. They beat St. John's. They beat Gonzaga, who was ranked number well, 15 that was in the country. Too, right? I you mean, because you're, you're talking about Gonzaga, neutral site, big spotlight game at the Garden, and they just pummel them. I mean, limit them to 41 points. Yeah, 76-41. That was your big statement win. Okay, wait a minute. Duke is for real. Because, you know, look, Duke starts 8-1, and 9-1, and one, but you get to 9-1. and one, You're number seven in the country at this point, and you beat Gonzaga, whose program really started to rise, whereas they started out, hey, Gonzaga's a fun team. They win their conference, and they can maybe pull an upset or two in the tournament. But this is when Gonzaga started to get really good, and every year, suddenly Gonzaga was a big-time top 25 team. 76-41 is your final score of this game, and this game in late December, this was okay, we got to deal with Duke this year. Yeah, now it becomes uh, the narrative, all right, let's start learning about the Plumleys. Let's learn about the different guys on this roster that are making an impact because this is going to be a team with some legs because you beat a couple of top 20 programs there heading into the Christmas week, uh, as it were, and now you're rolling into conference play on a high. You know, and the thing about this Duke team is that this team was led by a couple of upperclassmen. And Duke was one of the last teams to see players show up for the one and done. And even when players were doing that and and coming or going right to the end, whatever it was, we're not staying very long. Duke still was a school that would have players come and stay until their senior year. Look, John Shire was a senior and he was the best player on the team. Kyle Singler was a junior. Nolan Smith was a junior. These are all upperclassmen. Brian Zubek, their center, was a senior. These were all players who stayed all the way for Coach K through the the last couple of years they have. And this is when you would end with a championship. And, you know, you don't get that anymore because the general consensus is if you're staying until you're a senior, then you suck. And why aren't you in the NBA? And why do I want a 22-year-old guy in the NBA when I could have an 18-year-old kid and he can spend four years getting used to play and suddenly a 22 is a great player, whereas a guy could come out at 22 and not be good until he's 25 or 26. But this is this is how Duke always did. I always admired that about Coach K was he got people to stay. Doesn't mean he still does. Look where they are now. Your guy's coming for a year and staying and leaving. That's just the way college basketball was. But Duke was like the last bastion of, hey, I'll come and I'll stay and I'll go junior, senior year, stay as many, win as much as I can, then I'll move on. Yeah, the change in philosophy as we've seen it roll and look it's going to flip back again here pretty soon where guys won't even have to go for the cup of coffee into the collegiate ranks but it was always one of the curiosities of duke 
and and let's face it, you you start talking about the quality of education. Not that you can't find quality education at each of these institutions, but Duke's a nationally ranked academic institution. The crazy part of the season is that Duke was never number one until the end of the season. As good a year as they had, look, 29 and five going into the NCAA tournament, the highest they would get at the end is number four. It was enough for a number one seed in the South Regional, but this was not a Duke team that got to number one, lost a game. Uh, they, they, they started in, in the top 10, and they never really left the top 10. You know, After they had a couple of losses, they dropped to 10th overall, but then they started winning a few more games, and they finished at number four. They go into the ACC tournament after absolutely pasting North Carolina 82 to 50. And that's the thing about this Duke team. Even though they were just okay, all their big wins this year were by big numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, they beat North Carolina in both their games by double digits. They beat Georgetown. When Georgetown was number seven, they beat them by 12. Uh, you know, these were games that it was, whoa, not only are they beating these teams, but it's not an escape. It's not a last second shot by Shire. This is, they are just whooping up on teams when they play a big team. Yeah, and that, I mean, that was the story of the year. I mean, there weren't... You had the five losses, but other than that, not a lot of close calls. I mean, we're talking double digits, number of times they were hanging 100 points on teams. And again, you go back and you you run off the names, and if you're not really huge college basketball fans, you're, you're kind of looking at each other going, "These this was a team running up 100 on guys, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, no disrespect. Great college athletes, and a lot of these guys played and had some time in, in the NBA and, and rolled on. But it's it's one of those teams that you don't have that face, right? You don't have that guy that stands out that went on to the next level mm -hmm. or became the embodiment of this team. You could pick one of any of these guys, really, and, and try to put it to the forefront, putting statistics aside for a minute. You know, it was about Coach K. Yeah, the... the, the Highest of an individual honor everybody got was John Shire was a second team All-American. All right. Duke didn't have anybody in the first All-American team. This that's why this was a deep team that got a lot from different players. And this was a Duke team championship and not, well, we were led by Grant Hill. We were mm -hmm. led by Bobby Hurley. We were led by one of those players. This didn't happen that way. Uh they go through the ACC tournament, pretty easy. They beat Virginia, they beat Miami, they beat Georgia Tech. They enter the NCAA tournament as the number one seed in the South Regional, number three overall. And this NCAA tournament, before we get into Duke's run, we told you about Butler, which we'll get into in a couple of minutes, but really the moment of this tournament, if you can remember, was Ali Farouk Manesh for Northern yeah. Iowa. They pulled a couple of huge upsets in the tournament. They beat UNLV on his three. They beat number one Kansas. The big, the big three he had when uh, Northern Iowa in the final minute of a frantic comeback by Kansas. Instead of killing the clock, he gets the ball in the corner and hits a three. If only he could get paid by by the number of times people mention his uh, name. He's an, who's gonna legend. be uh, Farouk Manesh of uh, this year's tournament? I mean, I could still see that three in which Northern Iowa gets the rebound, throws it down court with a few seconds, with like 20 seconds left in the game, whatever it was. You're thinking, okay, now Northern Iowa is going to just kill the clock and and try to take much time off and, and, and shoot free throws. And, and Farouk Manesh gets the ball in the corner. It was a pretty awkward play. He got it turned with nobody on him because the floor is spread because you're thinking, yeah. okay, he's not going to. And he turned and shot a three. It was one of those, no, 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 no. Oh, my God, he made it. Oh, my God, he made it. I mean, he was it 
Most guys in an NCAA tournament, if you're a Cinderella team, if you have one shot that is legendary, that's more than you can ask for. And he had two in the NCAA tournament, you know, back-to-back, hey, I'm announcing I'm a superstar here in this tournament by beating UNLV, and then we have it by beating Kansas, who was a number one seed in the tourney. Becomes a college coaching or a college legend taking down, you know, Bill Self, who was year-to-year one of those guys like, all right, when I fill out my bracket, is this a year that he chokes away an early game? Where do I have Bill Self and Kansas losing? Where do I right? have them losing? But I mean, yeah. you did that with Duke, and you always did that with Kansas. Mm-hmm. All right, is this the year that he's going to make a deep run, or are they bowing out early? <laughs> with those two coaches, that's really what it became for a lot of your bracketology. So Duke goes into the tournament that is run by Ali Farouk Manesh. And, and look, it was a very... The tournament for Duke was very uneventful, right? They win their first game against Arkansas Pine Bluff, 73-44, right? Yawn. They kill them. They beat Cal, number eight seed in the second round, 68-53, all right? Then they beat Purdue by 13, right? They beat Baylor in the Elite Eight by seven. That's their closest game up until this point. Then they get to the Final Four, and they beat West Virginia, who was the sixth seed, 78-57, and suddenly... It's Duke in the national championship against Butler. It is everything you could want in an NCAA tournament title. We talk about Duke getting to the tournament and winning or getting and losing being the big story. You had the team, the evil empire that everybody hates in Duke, and you have arguably the biggest Cinderella to make it to the national championship in Butler, not because of the seeding, because they were a five seed, but it's because they were... A mid-major You're team. coming out of the horizon. And here they are in the yeah. horizon, and they're in the national. Look, this is Butler had back-to-back appearances in the national championship game, but this is Duke, who is, oh, my God, everybody hates them or loves to hate them, and here's Butler. It's the David versus Goliath story that this was everybody glued to their television for this game. Because even though Butler had now navigated to that point, it's still the, all right, this doesn't make any sense. Right, eighteen and zero. They run the run the conference. I mean, flat out. Yeah, it's the 30, horizon. Well, thirty three and four overall. But look, not often do you get to you know run the table. And you know, you mentioned Butler in the Horizon League. They hadn't lost a game since December twenty second. They lost at UAB. They go all the way through the rest of the season to the national championship, not having lost a game. And one of their wins on the way was, it pains me, yeah. watching Butler beat Syracuse. We were a one seed. And I said, okay, we're this is our year. We had a great team. Oh, it's set we're up perfectly. Going. We're going. We had Wes Johnson and Andy Routens, and we are going to win. And we were beating Butler, and we were up by five with like four or five minutes left to go. And I remember Butler getting a possession and they come up the court and Shelvin Mack, and I'll, this is the play I remember from this game. Shelvin Mack comes up, all kinds of time left on the shot clock, five feet behind the three-point line, and he throws up a three. And I'm saying to myself, this is where we win this game. We're up by five. He just put up a three. We're getting the rebound. We're going to go down and score, and suddenly it's going to be really tough, except nope, swishes a three, they're down two, and I remember saying to myself, oh, man, they are not going to go away. We are going to struggle. And sure enough, we struggled. Butler beat Syracuse. Then they beat Kansas State. Then they beat Michigan State 
by two at Lucas Oil to move to the national championship. And this is a game that's very close to Butler. You know, look, Butler, Indiana, the game's in Indianapolis. This is, hey, there's a lot of hometown uh, uh, fans want to come to this game. Hey, come on to the game. Well, one of the big things here, I mean, obviously, is Syracuse uh, a team where scoring challenged is sometimes what you've called it uh, in our uh, years together at Fox Sports That was Radio. a great year. We were a great team that year. But we were 63-59, your yeah. final. The next round, they get a Kansas State team that had put up 101 the round before against mm-hmm. Xavier, 84 against BYU, and, and go back to 82 in the first round. So a high-scoring machine, 63-56, your final. <laughs> so taking the air out of the ball, playing 40 minutes of defense and grinding you out became the hallmark of the squad. So Butler heads to the national championship against Duke and a championship game that was worth the wait. Coming up next, we break it all down for you. We get to that big Coach K mistake. We'll tell you where everybody is now as we continue on special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, the 2010-2011 Duke Blue Devils. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So just how did the Duke Blue Devils hold off the Butler Bulldogs and win their fourth national championship in front of over 70,000 people in Indianapolis? This game, television, it broke a lot of records for viewership because as we told you, it's clear David versus Goliath 
Everybody tuned in to see this game. Everybody wanted to see Duke lose. This is Brad Stevens becoming a legend. And oh my goodness, Butler, how do they get so good so fast? How's a mid-major team in the national championship? I mean, this had everything. Oh, on a team playing on its home court, basically. Right? I mean, when you really look at geographically, uh, according to the notes, I mean, you're, you're looking at UCLA all the way back at the late 60s, really the last for that opportunity. So not only do you have this underdog story, but it's a, all right, we're going to add a little more to the table. It's like adding, you know, the points that are part of the spread Mm -hmm. (laughs) saying, Hey, you get to play in front of folks that are going to be predominantly cheering for you. Not that you wouldn't see that most of your year years at Duke anyway, right? You're probably used to getting the, the jeers and the, the booze of a crowd, but certainly here at the size and scope that we talk about the national title game, it's a whole other a whole other measure. Now, I mentioned Shelvin Mack, but obviously the star of Butler was Gordon Hayward, who has gone on to a great career in the National Basketball Association. I mean, I remember when he was a senior, it was, oh, Gordon Hayward, come on, he's not going to be a great player in the NBA. And you watched him play in this tournament, and I remember going, people are sleeping on Gordon Hayward. This is a guy that's going to score at the next level. He's big. He's got skills. And I thought, this is a guy that people are going to regret not drafting. And certainly Gordon Hayward plays into this game in a large way. Uh, The first half was a classic back and forth battle. Shelvin Mack got hot early, hit a couple of threes. John Shire would hit a couple of shots. He he would get hot at times. And it's a 33-32 Duke lead at halftime. And it's pretty much everything you expect at this point. You know, it's not, you know, when the game started, I think everybody had the fear of, boy, now the the clocks is going to strike midnight for Butler and Duke is going to boat race him. But every time it looked like Duke would get out to a lead, uh, they got a, they got a lead by six. They got to a six point lead with a few with a couple of minutes left before halftime. And then Butler reeled him in, hit a couple of shots. Like they do, they would hit threes. That's how they did it. And it's a one point game at halftime. And it's anybody's game in the second team half. that grounds you down. We talked about the low scores earlier in the tournament there. You're not going to run away and hide on this team, right? Shooting, from the outside, Hayward, a guy, the the veteran savvy, uh, as it were, to put a, a nice euphemistic term on it, but a, a team that Brad Stevens got to buy in to the philosophy. So they weren't about to, to back down, no matter what the name was across the chest. And you saw that in the second half because it was snug all the way through. Second half was a lot like the first. A team would go on a mini run, get up by four or five. The opponent would answer. It gets to the point with three minutes left to go, a little bit over three minutes left, Duke has a five-point lead. And this is where, again, I'm thinking, I right, now it's going to end for Butler. This is going to be it. The pressure is going to be too much. But Matt Howard, who anchored both Butler Final Four teams, scored four points, cuts the lead to 60-59. to 59. Three seconds left in the game, and Duke is going to the free-throw line for foul shots. Brian Zubek goes in to make... However many he can make. If he makes one, it's a two-point lead. He makes them both. It's a three-point lead. This is where Mike Krzyzewski made a mistake that he's lucky did not come back to haunt him. And Zubik was a uh, 55% free throw shooter on yeah, the year. This was, was a dicey proposition I mean, he, with 3.6 remaining. You could, I, I mean, you could actually see him do it on the broadcast. He says, make it and then miss it. 
And now when you're 55, percent that, that's, that's always <laughs> just just hit your averages. Just, just do what he what what Shashevsky wanted to happen was make the first for a two point lead, miss the second, and force Butler to get a really bad shot with only three seconds to get up right. court. To hope for a goofy ra- bounce off the rim, one or two taps, whatever it means. So Zubek makes the first 61 59. And, you know, I was on the air this night on All Night on ESPN Radio, and we talked about this final play for a long, long time because Zubek then misses the second, but Butler gets the rebound, and Gordon Hayward just misses a buzzer beater from half court that would have won the game. I mean, it, this goes, and, and your heart is in your throat for a second going, oh, this is how it's going to happen. It's going to be Bobby Plump. It's going to be Hoosiers. It's going to be this big <laughs> half-court shot. Gordon Hayward's going to be the hero. And it just misses. Duke wins 61-59. And this is why I looked at this and I said, this was a mistake by Coach K because what he did was he put losing the game back on the table. If Zubek makes them both, all right, the best thing you can do, you're inbounding the ball with three seconds left. You have to shoot a three. It's going to be off balance from somewhere. And the worst thing that can happen is you tie the game. What's going to happen if you miss and get the rebound? You're going to get an off balance three from somewhere. But instead of tying the game, the worst thing that can happen is you lose the game. He put losing back on the table. And when he was asked about it in the post-game press conference, I remember him answering going, I wanted Brian to do this was, they didn't have a chance. You know what? He, he, you know what? They didn't make it. Like that was at the end of <laughs> trying to explain it. He was trying to cut himself off. And, and Coach K said, I wanted Brian to make it. I wanted, I thought it was a tougher shot for them. Then he was asked again, you know what? They missed it. They didn't make it. We won. Doesn't like, matter. We that won. was the end of the we conversation. Cut down a net. Leave that me alone. It. End of the conversation. It's over. We won. But that was a big mistake. I I can't see a team doing that now. Three seconds. Three seconds is a long time to get a shot. You get it, it comes off. You get it right up to half court. You get three or four dribbles and get a shot. That was really really dangerous. And I guarantee you, even though it worked out for him, if he was doing that again, he would have done something else. Well, one of the fun pieces as we we go through these classic teams is finding the supercuts. The highlights are going through a game or two, in this case, talking about a national title game. Uh, and then you watch it, and then you see the slow-mo. And in one of the the notes, it was that ESPN's analysis says it was less than one degree, about three inches off from Hayward drilling that shot. I mean, visually you see it, but when you actually put the analytics and the computer modeling to it, that you're talking about a three-inch difference between Butler doing the absolutely unthinkable. Again, five seed, mm-hmm. so a, a strong team. But we all know how after the first 16, it starts getting a little dicey at times yeah. Yeah. Based, based on, all right, what, why did, why are there five and not an eight over here? Uh, but, yeah, for Gordon Hayward, I mean, just a, a game of inches, literally. And this final play wasn't really run well by... Butler because Duke kept their players up for the rebound, which normally you get a player shooting and you're up and come back. You have all your guys back on defense, right? They didn't have that. You know, this is, this was a play where, you know, the, the, the blue devils have four guys right around the free throw line. And so this is where you can get that rebound and you have a guy releasing, you can throw that pass up and get a pretty good shot in three seconds. But Hayward comes down with the rebound and dribbles all the way uh, past, you know, just past half court when he puts up the shot. And this was, if you have a better play 
called, hey, this is how Duke is playing this. We're going to have a guy. We're going to have Mac up at half court. You get it. Throw it out to him. He takes two or three dribbles, and he shoots a three, and you win that game. And, you know, what doesn't get a lot of attention because of this last play is the shot before it, the shot that Butler missed to put Zubek on the line because it's a one-point game. Butler's got the basketball. Gordon Hayward gets it, you know, on the wing with about eight seconds left. He dribbles all the way down to the right side, and he puts up one of those Kobe Bryant stop fadeaway shots that, look, shows his athleticism and how good a player he is, and it's a pretty decent look. Uh, you know, it's a big fadeaway that this one just misses. Well, the floater out of his, over the outstretched arms, right? So mm-hmm. you've got to, you know, the degree of difficulty definitely goes up a bit with Zubek ex- fully extended to try to block that shot. You know, and, and this is the case too. Obviously you're playing, you, you're playing uh Monday morning quarterback, but I wonder if Gordon Hayward had pushed it to the rack instead of, trying the fadeaway if he could have drawn a foul call. Sure. Because he goes, you, you can tell him he's coming down the lane, but Zubek is there and he decides to pull back because he wants the good look because he's a shooter, right? And that and that's the whole thing sure. is that when, when you're a shooter, shooters shoot. So he gets the ball. Look, I'm going to fade away. I have a good look, a look that I really like, so I'm going to take it. But if instead he had tried to get to the free throw line, which he could have done, I mean, he, he could have he could have taken a step forward. You know, Zubek is a little bit off balance on the play, and he could really get there. But instead, okay, I'm going to go back because I like the jumper, I like the look. Boy, had he gone in for a layup, either he gets fouled or maybe he, he actually makes the shot because it was maybe really you get an more and open than one, expected. and now we got chaos with the 83 percent free throw <laughs> shooter uh, going in instead of what Zubek eventually uh, had to do. But just classic stuff, and for Coach K decision time and the missed shots and what could have been for the Butler Bulldogs. Duke wins the national title. The final score is 61 to 59. As we said, it is the fourth NCAA title for the Duke blue devils. Uh, Later on, they get both Nolan Smith and Kyle Singler uh, drafted uh, into the NBA. But again, this was not one of your classically great Duke teams. This was, Hey, not so much a war of attrition, but they survived everything during the tournament. Mm -hmm. They didn't fall victim to the big upset. And in the end, it was, well, here's just the Duke factory putting out a team. And once in a while, that's the type of team that's going to win the tournament. Grind it out. And this is a team that Coach K, I'm sure there have been some recruiting classes where this is becomes the hallmark of, look, here's what we teach. Here's the discipline. Stick with us. Here's how the program works. Yeah, you're going to have some one and dones pop through. But this is a testament to a guy grinding away for 40 years at one institution. So this was Duke winning their national title. We talked about some of the players on the team. Have a little bit of where are they now, Mike Harmon. Where are they now? How about we start with, well, no, I want to leave Zubek for last because he's got a good one. Oh, look at you. Okay, very good. All right, first off, you got Nolan Smith, right? He's at the team, director of basketball operations. Stayed home. He's with the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, he played a number of years overseas, Croatia, and Turkey, a little mm, bit with yeah, Turkey. Exactly. Uh, and it was a player of the year in the, the conference as well. Uh, Ryan Kelly playing basketball in Japan at last look. The Sun Rockers Shibuya, the former second round pick of the Los Angeles Lakers. I like the Sun Rockers. That's a pretty good name. I'm rocking the sun. That's called people who like to get a tan. Place it done. Uh, Shire, I, uh, you know, played in, in overseas a bit. 
He's the assistant head coach for Duke right now. And then we got two good ones for you. Uh, You got Jordan Davidson, Goldman Sachs in their securities division. Mm, So raking cash. And then I'll go back to Zubek. All right, go ahead. The pride of Haddonfield Memorial. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The hospital? He made it at the end? Wait, Michael Myers killed everybody. In the end of the second movie. He got, the only one that made it was Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, I mean, maybe there's an unwritten tale out of Haddonfield Memorial in New Jersey. Wow. That's, that's, that's a very scary place. How about place. that? It's a very so, scary place. So here, here's the deal. After finishing this, he had some aspirations, right? He loved basketball, mm-hmm. but he also loved baking. So he took a shot at opening a place called Dream Puffs, which were his version, his spin on a cream puff bakery. All cream puffs. Mm, cream he was going to look bakery. to sell the name at last, and he'd gone into real estate. I just thought you'd like Haddonfield and Dream Puffs. Well, Haddonfield's a big deal. I mean, look, Haddonfield Memorial. I think that we was talk the about hospital that on, in yeah. Halloween, too. Yeah, I know. We talk about that the on worst, the show. A the lot. worst lit hospital in the world. Yeah. I mean, you had a night where. Where where you had a homicidal maniac killing people, the yeah. only survivors brought to the hospital, no police protection, no nothing, just like nine people working in an entire hospital. Nine people. Short staff, man. Budget and the, cuts. And the lights aren't on I know, in half budget the hospital. Cuts. They had some some electrical issues. I mean, they were doing whatever they could to try to scrimp and save. Normally a safe place. And uh, sorry, doctor, but uh, the lights on the second floor will be out uh, for the next 45 minutes to an hour. Thank you. You charged your phone. Hey, you're going to have to bring the brightness up a little bit <laughs> if you want to finish this part of the operation. Uh, no, this is this is 1981, I think. Uh, Halloween 2, as there was no phone thing. I'm doing a remake. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so there we go. There is our look back at the 2009-2010 Duke Blue Devils, your national champions, fourth overall. I'm Jason. He is Mike. You want to hit us up on Twitter? At How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. You got an idea for any teams you'd like to see featured on special teams? Let us know. We'll talk to you next week. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate, tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 